everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And one of my goals for 2022 was to try and reach out, out more outside of my sphere, right? Because for the last two years, we've all been sort of hunkered down at home. And I know a lot of people in the food business, but I want to meet other makers too, makers in the beauty industry, makers in technology, just cool people doing cool stuff. And I was introduced to Mary Scott Revere, I think a friend of mine that has been helping me through my cookbook process, Mary is her sister. And she was like, hey, you should know about my sister, Mary. She's doing this cool thing with this belt. So Mary, welcome to the program. The product is, yes, the product is the sleek belt and it is sleek and it is a belt and it is like this really weirdly helpful, handy invention. Would you describe the sleek belt for the listener, please? Thank you. The sleek belt is a sleek invention and um, it really, I, it came about because of a problem I had where I could wear belts where I had my shirt untucked and otherwise I felt like I looked like a big old lumpy gut and yeah. no one in the world looks for more gut. No. <laughs> so I came up with this idea <laughs> and made this belt without a buckle. And I wanted it to be smooth, easy to wear. And I came up with this product and I was wearing it myself. I created myself, sewed it for myself and wore it all the time. And I decided this isn't very fair. It solves a problem, makes my life better. I should be sharing with this with the world. And so started to create the sleek belt for, for women and make our worlds better. And basically the idea is, is it's an adjustable belt. It's made of fabric. It lays flat and you can wear it like, you know, if you have high-waisted pants, if you have low-waisted, low slung around the hips pants, when you created this product and sewed it for yourself, what problem were you trying to solve other than the sort of extra middle part? Well, I think the real issue is for women, when we're not looking for more gut, the result was we went, I didn't wear a belt. And then you end up doing the pants dance where you're yanking up your pants constantly. And it's, it's so hard. I see women still doing that. I just want to go, no, no, we can help you. Um, With the sleek belt, you get that instant perfect fit. And then when you pull your top down and you're, your shirt's laying there. No one knows you have a belt except for the fact that you're no longer pants dancing. Right. Um, that's funny. That's a sign that you're, you're doing good. So Mary, you sewed this yourself. Can you like, I just, I think it's so fascinating when people make something and then like literally get it made. Tell me about that process. So you make one at home, but there's I just, I don't understand the steps that it would take to get you to like, now you're manufacturing somewhere. You know, thank you, Stephanie. It is the amazing and the fun part of being an entrepreneur because learning how to solve problems is what you do every day. And the challenge of using a nylon product, so it's a nylon material, um, which I wanted that sleek, smooth feel to the fabric and yet the strength of the fabric. Well, that results in, well, cutting it is not just easy breezy. You have to find 
uh, uh, the right tools. And we went through an exploration there of uh, finding a manufacturer that could create a custom design cutter. Well, that didn't work. Then we had to find a laser company. So we now work with a Minnesota-based laser company that cuts our belts for us to the right shape because we want it to look pretty. Even though it's an undercover belting solution, for me, a big deal is I feel women should feel confident and strong whether somebody sees it or doesn't see it. So we have this nice finish that we have a, a laser company do on do for us. Then finding sewing professionals, it's not it, it seems like, oh, yeah, people know how to sew. Professional sewing is a challenge. And so we kept going through and going through finding people who had the quality of work that we felt was important. Um, doing packaging development. It's so much fun um, trying to I, I create the right package for your product and then a company that you can work with and graphic design people. So you're always learning and trying to solve problems as you move forward. We've been very fortunate and felt really committed to work with partners who are based in Minnesota. Sure. So our cutters are here. Our sewers are here. Our original sourcing of the Swarovski crystal that we use to adorn our belt was Minnesota-based. Um, we've used a marketing company in Minnesota and photographers. So it's really a passion for me to make women's lives better and to support Minnesota and our country. So it's been super fun. Yeah. And the the sleek belt, like what is your big picture idea? Like if you could get on QVC, would you like to be in stores? Do you, and I know you sell online right now. We do sell online. We first started, I did like trial runs with uh, small connections to people. And that's where we found people were going, I love this. I love this. I want this. I want this. So with that encouragement, we then started manufacturing. Um, and then we did end up, we are in retailers, especially in the five state area. We've got a number of uh, stores, like 130 some stores in the five state area. But we're also, we've had stores reach out to us from New York, um, Illinois, Pennsylvania, where people find it because someone got it and they go, can we sell this? So we do have a retail presence, but I really would like it to go through um, more direct so that women can just say, hey, I want this. And um, so we do have the website and um, that might, the, the sleekbelt.com. And that's the vehicle for women to just say, hey, I want a belt. <laughs> when you put something online, like you have a website, there's this sort of misconception, I think, that just because you have it, people will come. So you yeah. make this website and then to get traffic to that website is a whole nother can of worms. So do you do SEO and have you hired someone to help you with direct sales? We did hire a marketing company to help work with us on it, but you're right. It's amazing. You think, oh boy, I got it. Now everyone will come because I know I can solve the world's problems. <laughs> but it is so hard to get your message out and for people to know you're there. So we had, we've had a marketing company that's worked with us and we try to do our own efforts. Um, so 
but it's not easy breezy. I think that's a misconception. You think, oh boy, if I build it, they will come. If they, if you build it, you'll have a chance for them to come. Yeah. And I think too, for me, because we had a company that was very, um, when I owned a company, it was very online driven. And I always felt like when you feel like when you bring your car to the shop, like, you know what you want your car to accomplish you know that you're not getting there because there's something broken or it could be optimized, but you are at the complete mercy of the mechanic to tell you what you need or, and, and, and literally they could tell you, you need to paint this car orange. And I'd be like, okay. Cause I just had no idea. I feel like that with SEO and, you know, like, I feel like it changes so much too. So I know there's good marketing companies that you can work with, but it's really hard to find them. And sometimes I feel like maybe you don't get the best people. Did you like have an interview process or how did you find the person that you felt comfortable enough to work with so you weren't feeling like the mechanic at the well, car repair shop? I agree with you. That is really a challenge. And I did go, I, I did a lot of self, you know, exploration. And then I hired an online resource that was helpful, but it still didn't work. So then I went to a um, a larger marketing organization, which when you're starting out, you really don't have the money to make the money. Yeah. Um, and, and it takes money to was, make money. It, it does. It does. And yet you've got to have it to make it. Um, so it's a, it is a circular challenge. But I ended up finding a woman who was starting a new company, her uh, her own company, after having worked for a larger organization. And her name is uh, Bridget Deutz from Greenline Marketing. And she was super helpful on helping us create the right image, modify image, modify website, and then worked on um, helping us get messaging out. Um, so it was really helpful to bring us forward a step. But yeah. again, it's still nothing magic and nothing easy. It takes time and effort. Is this and your which full is time? so hard when go ahead. It's so hard because when you know, I guess I have so much passion because I know our product is a miracle maker. I know when women get this chance to say, what? I can feel this good and look this good, this easy. I um I just feel bad when people don't have it. So it's uh I don't know that it's a passion and uh, frustration. Yeah, you keep working again. And also opportunity. Now, is this your full time job or is this a side hustle for you? Well, I'd call it a full time side hustle. Um, my husband and I both work on this together and try to have it be a fun part of our life and not take over life. So I, that's how I describe it. Yeah. And you and what do you delineate roles? Like what does he do and what do you do? He's um, he does the finishing and packaging and then he'll do uh, for the shipments. He manages that side of that um, and probably more on the finance side. And I do more of the marketing and the technology and uh, outreach to retailers, uh, promotion to retailers and to direct. How much is the sleek belt? Um, we sell it for twenty one ninety five. A is deal. there a whole is, rationale between like for the 95? 
Well, I, it was interesting when we first started out, I had a, a, a guy who was a professional long time in the fashion and accessories. And he goes, make sure there's always a change element, Mary. That makes a difference. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. I love it. Yeah. Um, when you set about, so for your social media presence, do you do that as well? Because I would think this is a story that would really have a high resonating point through social media. It is. I I try to do a good job at that. I don't think I'm that good at it. I wish I was really good, but it's something I could do better. How's that? Yeah, I <laughs> think everybody my goal feels for that 2022. Way. Is it? It's, tell me about it's, that. Yes, yes. Okay. Do you have goals, monetary goals or goals that you put down for 2022 as an entrepreneur? Are you a goal setting person? I, I do have goals, but I need to be stronger at quantifiable goals, measurable goals, because those are the ones that are really fun. Um, I love checklist goals, um, but I, I need to do more quantifiable goals. Um, so how would we help you do that? Or what would that look like to you? I think I need to define um, the goal of how many customers I want to reach, both in retail as well as on online methods. And But the one thing I, I have to share with you, uh, a guiding uh, premise my husband always had in his business was not to focus on numbers, but to focus on delivering quality and deliver service. And so that's the the hard balance. It isn't about the numbers. It's about reaching and connecting. And so that would be probably my smarter goals that you'll inspire me to make happen. Well, I will tell you, as a person who ran a sales organization, we always focused or I always focused on what I could control and what I could control was activities. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't control necessarily the result of the activity, but I could say like, okay, I'm going to outreach five new customers this week. I'm going to send proposals to three people. Like I would have quantifiable goals in that way. And And then I would have a quantifiable goal on the follow-up. So each week I would have X number of new activities, X number of follow-up activities. And if I did those things, the outcome would eventually happen, but I could let go the obsession of, oh my God, I only sold one thing online today. Or, you know, because I was looking at that, that meter every day and feeling like I could never take a break. I never did enough. I was never going to get there. So really quantifiable things that I could control, that I could do, that I could put on a checklist really helped me become a better leader because I let go of a lot of the stuff I couldn't control. Now I had a husband too, and he was on the finance side. So that was kind of the area that I let him worry about that. It wasn't Mm -hmm. that I didn't worry, but I would look, I would look once a week. And it was like, this is my time where I'm going to look and see where we're at. And then I'm going to let that go and go back to focusing on the activities. And when I manage salespeople too, I really encourage them to manage to the activity level. And it was different. Some people Mm -hmm. could do more activities than others. Some people needed more time because they were more like you, where they liked the process so much and they wanted to spend the time with the customers. So for them, Mm -hmm. it was helping them be more streamlined with Mm -hmm. their efforts. 
so that mm-hmm. their activities lined up with their strengths. Mm-hmm. But that might be something to think about is particularly when you're doing work on your business that isn't natural to you or that you don't love to, to mm-hmm. chunk it out in a way that is kind of something that you can write on a piece of paper and just do each day. Now, all of these things mm-hmm. are better said than done, right? Because when you're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you don't have a manager that's checking in with you. So nobody knows if you didn't make your daily goal except you. But mm-hmm. I do think it's surprising how even focused as a, now I'm a freelancer and I do have customers, but I myself is a customer as well, like my own brand, my own activities for my own things I'm doing. And having that discipline to like treat my business like it's a business too, like I would if it was your business, mm-hmm. is something that I am always working on. Mm-hmm. Well, I I really appreciate and respect your point about activity, measurable activities uh, versus numbers and dollars. Yeah, those are those are kind of ugly, but they happen beautifully. If you do focus on the activities is what I sense you're saying. And I think it's really true. And yeah. your point about, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, I mean, you're your hardest boss. And so you really don't need some other boss. <laughs> you got yourself. Um, but having like you're suggesting, having the boss be those activity goals um, when they're not checked off. That does not feel good. And you don't feel good until it is. So that's a, I I like that plan. And for me too, I don't know why this was, but I always need a boss. I still need a boss. I need to bounce off of someone. I need to have someone say, Hey, you're doing good work. Or I need to like set up a, a board of directors of friends or mentors or someone that I can check in because if I don't have, I know this sounds dumb, but if I don't have a boss, I feel like I'm just floating out there and nobody really knows what I'm doing. And it's so lonely. So Mm -hmm. that boss structure, I create on my own with friends, with accountability Mm -hmm. partners, because I always want someone to check in with. So just another thought to think about. How did you identify the partners that you found to be helpful in that? Because I think that's a cool idea. With all yeah. of a sudden you each saying, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? But how do you find those people about how you're doing? You can do a couple of ways, I think, that are effective. One is you can use friends and family. So in a small group, that might be the way you start out. So knowing each of your people's strengths and weaknesses as you grow, like I wanted someone in the technology side. I wanted someone in the marketing side. I wanted someone in the design side. And I reached out to friends first. But as the company grew and I got a little bit bigger, I could offer, you know, I've been on on small companies, not boards necessarily, we'll call them advisory committees. And sometimes you give someone like $100 every time they come to a two hour meeting. So I was with a small company that they did pay me for two hours of my time. It wasn't a ton, but that kept it really professional too. And like it was a job Mm -hmm. commitment, not just a a volunteer opportunity. And you can pick different people in different strengths that you think you need. Okay, good. I appreciate this and I will act on this. Um, So thank you. Yeah. And reach out anytime, Mary. I'm excited about the Sleek Belt. Uh, People can find the sleekbelt.com online. Are there any um, stores that you want to shout out in the five-state area that have really been supportive? 
Um, we do have really great support. I mean, it's really been exciting. Um, but uh, Creekside Boutique in Mankato was our first real retailer. And nice. it was so cool. They just said, sure, we'd love to have you, Mary. Come on in. Um, but then we also are in Bellanova in Mankato. And they've been very, very supportive. And um, uh, so we've they've been really super positive. Um, well, it's been really fun to chat with you. And good luck with the sleek belt. I'm excited to introduce people to the product and hopefully help more people find your very helpful solution to the pants dance or the sagging pants and gaining a sleeker look around your middle. Thank you, Mary. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you and appreciate this chance to visit. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, Steph.